0: Welcome everybody on a Monday after the MAC Championship game to another issue of Maxion Pre-Bowl Game Edition, post-regular season edition, and it's Monday. We have transfer news, so we might as well go in reverse, just like last week. The first two things to break today, Harrison Whaley, one of NIU's best players, is the latest player to jump ship and head into the transfer portal. Uh, no surprise there. NIU was a disaster this season, and they're also being—he's also being joined by a fullback who played in four games, um, didn't record any stats. So two more guys officially are in the transfer portal for NIU, which I believe makes nine, possibly ten. Um, but Harrison Whaley is the big name. The other—the other person, basically a backup fullback. Um, but the the players jumping ship from NIU is. You know, going to be in double digits with the, with the graduation guys. You're looking at 20 plus players from this year's roster, not at least 20 players this year's roster, not on next year's roster. Half of them graduating, half of them leaving to go to other schools. Um, NIU is at a low point. Uh, I hate to say it because that's my school, that's my team. They are at a very low point. Um, the loss to Akron has triggered this mass exodus. It is an ugly time to be at NIU. The future doesn't look great right now at NIU. Um, It's just a mess. Uh, It's a complete mess over there. Um, Next year, who knows if they'll be any better. They've got two money games against Boston College and Nebraska. If those both turn into losses, and then you somehow were to lose to Tulsa again, it's just a whole disaster of a season again next year. uh, If you can't win, you know, half those non-conference games and right now I wouldn't think they're gonna be favored to win any of them so other than the FCS team. So NIU's in a big whole pile of trouble uh it looks like and we have another big transfer the from Kent State the Dante Cephas. Uh he is opting to leave uh, Kent State so Cephas is looking for another opportunity um he put out a statement on Twitter, thanking Kent State, blah, blah, blah. You know, good luck to Dante Cephas. Um, they were also, Kent State, a massively disappointing team this year. Um, now, they're, gosh, I mean, their situation is different than NIU's. NIU just, you know, just wasn't very good from the beginning of the season to the end, and they were just terrible most of the year. Kent State played the hardest non-conference schedule, I think, in college football. And granted, I didn't think they were going to win any of those games, especially the Georgia game. But they played Georgia so well. And it just didn't translate to anything after after the Bulldogs game. Like, when they pushed Georgia in the first half, but man, Kent State's for, you know, this is who they're supposed to be, and they're going to crush the Mac. No, it didn't happen. So Dante Cephas is out. Uh, the Golden Flashes are going to miss him. Uh, Cephas had 744 receiving yards and three touchdowns um, on 48 pick, uh, catches this year, but uh, good luck to him. Good luck to everybody who's transferring. I mean, the transfer portal is real. Um, the better players in the MAC, if you're not going like into the draft or you know, kind of in that mode, you're going to have an opportunity to play at other schools, better schools. Um, so you can move up to a Power Five, um, and I'm not saying it's bad. If you have an opportunity to move on somewhere else and you want to play, go ahead. Go somewhere else and try it out. Um, that's how the system is. Uh, I'm not saying anybody should stay where they're at if they don't want to. You know, the coaches leave and players can leave now. So I'm okay with the transfer portal. Some schools use it to get better and some are going to get rated. And the roster is going to look a whole lot different at the schools that lose a lot to the transfer portal. Uh, but that's today's news. Um... So two big names leaving the Mac. We also have two games over the weekend. The first game was Friday. I'll do that one second because that was actually more, that was a more important game. I think overall, I mean, because it meant something to one team. And if they didn't win, they were going to be stuck at home. But let's do the Mac championship game. First, Toledo came in limping. Um, Ohio came in on a roll. Toledo basically clinched the MAC championship game three weeks earlier. So they kind of just fell apart the final two games of the season. But the game was close in the first half. Um, Ohio's quarterback, CJ Harris. This is the, the turning point in the game, basically. It was 7 7. Uh, he threw a pick in the third quarter, or right before halftime. Um, right before halftime. Toledo turns it into a field goal, takes a 10-7 lead going into half. And the third quarter was eh. <laughs> not a whole lot going on. So now granted, both these teams are in bowl games. Um, Both of them were going to go get to play a game after this. So both of them wanted the trophy. Ohio's had a trophy since 1968, I think. So Ohio's best really time to get that trophy. This is Toledo's second trophy in five years. So uh, the Rockets have been here, and they get the trophy, and they've won it a few times. Um, but to start off the fourth quarter, um, Toledo basically controls one drive uh, in the and in the fourth quarter. They really wore down the Bobcats on a 16-play, 90-yard drive. DaQuan Finn found Amier Blank C on a 16-yard touchdown. That put Toledo up 17-7, and that was it. Um, Ohio never really recovered. They never never put up another fight the rest of the game. Um, So that was kind of the game-changing drive um, that kind of iced it for the Rockets. So congratulations to the Rockets. They were the best team, I thought, most of the season. Now, granted, they didn't have the best record at the end, and they fell apart the last month of the season. But they came into the game and they showed. that I thought they were the better team basically since the San Diego State game. Um, But they didn't have the best record and they weren't motivated to play every week. That was pretty clear. Um, Daquan Finn, the Detroit native, got to play at home. Had 154 yards, 16 completions, and touchdown. Um, He had 86 yards uh, on 18 carries on the ground. So that's Cool, you know. I mean, he got to go home. He got to be a star. Those are not impressive numbers by any stretch of the means, but very cool for the Rockets to get it done. Uh, this is their first title since 2017, which you know doesn't it, doesn't, it seems like oh it's a couple years ago, but in reality, Ohio's hasn't won a title in the MAC since 1968, so that is a huge difference. Um, Bobcats still going bowling had a great season by any. Any sort of comparison, Bobcats had a great year. So congratulations to the Bobcats, and congratulations to your MAC champion, Toledo Rockets, both going to bowl games. The game on Friday, um, it was, if you didn't watch it, it was Friday afternoon ESPN Plus, and it was between Akron, who was just coming off a throttling of NIU, which sent NIU into the, you know, abyss of where they're at now, and Buffalo. Now, all of Buffalo's postseason wrote on this game. And most of you probably didn't watch. Because it's a game in the middle of the day on a Friday. The crowd was what you would expect pretty small. Um, but still, there were, you know, some parents and stuff were there. So they had some people. But if you didn't watch the game, you would have thought Buffalo or Akron was the team going to a bowl game and with everything on the line. It was, looking back, maybe one of the poorest played games I've seen all season in any any conference. Like, it just wasn't played well. I mean, Buffalo, with everything on the line, literally everything on the line, just, just played the worst three and a half quarters of football that they probably could have. I mean, Akron took it to them right out of the gate um it was nine nothing at the end of the first now this is a team with a bowl game on the line the buffalo bulls who just choked away the previous two weeks and could not get this magical win number six and this game is made up strictly so that buffalo can get one more win and go to a bowl game and they came out in the first half first quarter and just totally got drilled by akron now Congratulations to the Zips. They they came out ready to go and nothing to play for at all. Joe moorhead got the Zips ready. Um, in a game that meant nothing other than it's their last time playing football for the season and some mo- most of the Zips for their career. So it was their final day ever to play. I don't know what, what Buffalo was thinking. I, I mean, none of them seemed like they cared about going to a bowl game for most of the game. <laughs> most of the game, nobody on the Bulls at all seemed to care. It was mind-blowing in one aspect that they're so unmotivated. It was like, yeah, yeah, we don't want to go to a bowl game. You know, just let Akron win. Holy cow. I mean, this is insane. Um, you know, it's totally insane that, you know, Akron was on the verge of blowing them out. It just yeah, It was crazy. But the game comes down to a fourth-quarter drive. Now, both teams scored six points in the fourth quarter. Um, Buffalo never should have been in this position in the first place. There was, I believe, a pass interference call. And I don't know if there was a fourth down conversion, too, for Buffalo. The game would have been over if they didn't get it. I mean, in the fourth, it came down to a fourth and 10, I think. Because I, I watched. And they converted it. I think there was a pass interference call. Which gave Buffalo with, I don't know, somewhere in the two minute range left maybe a minute and a half a chance to score a touchdown and williams quinn williams makes this ridiculous circus catch which now granted had he not scored they would have had it first and goal at the one so they probably were going to score anyway if they if he was in bounds, but he makes this catch and he just hangs the ball out over the <laughs> over the uh, the pylon And it's a Buffalo touchdown to take the lead. Like, this is unreal. (laughs) Buffalo's been losing this entire game. And with a minute to go, they take the lead. I mean, it was like for three and a half quarters, Buffalo was not interested in playing. It was a terrible job of getting the Bulls ready for this game. A home game. Bowl game on the line. And they came out as flat as could be. And it looked like they didn't even want to go to a bowl game. But, they somehow pulled it out at the very end of the game. So that drive saved their season. Uh, it also saved the Mac a bowl game, which would have gone to UNLV. <laughs> if Buffalo loses this game, UNLV's in the same it replaces them at 5 and 7. So Buffalo saves a bowl spot for themselves and the Mac, and UNLV has to stay at home. But they didn't really like. It it was a very poorly played game by both teams. Um, it was bad. I mean, it was it was like you're watching Georgia and LSU and some of these other games, or the Utah USC game in the first half until Utah blew them out. Um, this was not bad. This was like two team, one team unmotivated for three and a half quarters, and just didn't want to be out there, and the other one playing as hard as they could. But it's Akron, and they you know. They just weren't very good all season, but boy, Buffalo. Congratulations, Buffalo. You, you got the win, win. Somehow you got the win. You're going to a bowl game. So congratulations on that. Um, you should have won the game by much more than a point, but whatever, you got the bowl game. So congratulations. Uh, the Mac has everybody qualified for a bowl game. So that, that's nice. Um, Friday, December 16th on ESPN, Miami of Ohio Ohio, Best bowl game at any mag team has, it's the Bahamas Bowl. So that's a 10.30 a.m. start on that Friday. That's going to be pretty early. Uh, Central time, I assume. But maybe Eastern. I But, yeah, probably Central. So it's probably 11.30 Eastern in the Bahamas. There's probably like a quadruple header that day. Um, UAB just hired a new coach, I think. So, hey, Miami a big winner here. They were in a playoff game against Ball State just to get into this game. So congratulations, Miami, Ohio, UAB. They're both six and six. No idea who's gonna win. Doesn't really matter. You're in the Bahamas. You're in Atlantis. Who cares? Honestly. <laughs> you got the best bowl game of anybody in the Mac. Enjoy it. Just go with it. Um I don't know. I have no idea who's gonna win the game. I mean, no one probably does. Because it's a bowl game, you go to the Bahamas. You're not really there for the football game. Technically, that's why you're there, but I mean, it's Atlantis. It's dolphin swimming. It's the water slides. It's the ocean. It's going to be 80-something degrees. Yeah, you got to play a football game, but there's plenty of other things there that are occupying your time. So uh, congratulations to the Red Hawks. You are going to the best bowl game in the MAC. Tuesday, December 20th, ESPN, Eastern Michigan, San Jose State in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. This one's in Boise, Idaho. This one's the Cole bowl game. Um, I don't know. I like the way Eastern Michigan's playing. I just, I think they've been good most of the season. I mean, they've been solid most of the year. I like the, I like Eastern Michigan here. But bowl games are very hard to predict because you have no idea who really wants to be there and who's just there for a vacation. Um, I like Eastern Michigan in this one, so I'm gonna go with the Eagles. It's really hard to kind of, you know, get a de- defended winner. Both teams are pretty even. San Jose State seven and four from the Mountain West. They've are probably I don't know if they went to Boise already this year. So if they have, this is their second time, but they go every other year at bare minimum. They're used to playing in the stadium on the blue turf, so. I like Eastern Michigan in this one. I'm just going to go wild and crazy Eastern Michigan. Toledo for winning the MAC championship game. Their reward is the Boca Raton Bowl. Now, that's over um, down in Florida, right on the ocean. We're the home of FAU. It's a good bowl location. And they're playing Liberty. And I'm going to give you the backstory of Liberty and where they're at in a group of five. So Liberty is a school that's been in Division 1 a handful of years. Um, they're a private school who just lost their coach Hugh Freeze, to Auburn. So they're going through a coaching change. They were 8 and 4 this year. Now, this is this right here one statement about Liberty and the MAC. Liberty is brand new to college football essentially. They've been there less than 10 years. Not even they probably haven't even been there 6 years, honestly. They just hired Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina, another group of five school who's, you know, similar to the MAC in terms of level, in terms of finances. Liberty, who is brand new to college football, essentially, they're not even in a conference yet. I believe next year they go to Conference USA, is paying their new coach, Jamie Chadwell, $4 million a year. Okay, that statement right there shows you everything you need to know about where the MAC is. The MAC's highest paid coaches I believe are in the 700,000 range. $700,000 in college football is nothing for a head coach. On the Division 1 level, 131 schools, the the MAC coaches make nothing. They're the lowest paid in the nation for the most part. Liberty, who's brand new to the sport, is paying their guy $4 million a year. Hugh Freeze's got a $5 million a year deal. I think two months ago at Liberty, but obviously Auburn can pay almost like nine million a year. So you know he took off, and it's, and it's Auburn in the SEC too. So that is the the thing to take away from the Liberty Toledo game. As good as Toledo is in the MAC, Liberty, who plays in a small stadium, but is a private school, who has you know money, is able to attract. Maybe the best group of five coach at the group of five level in Coastal Carolina in the last couple of years. Um, he goes not to the Power Five, he goes to Liberty. <laughs> now there's schools in the Big Ten, and the Big Twelve, and the Pac Twelve who are paying guys less than Liberty's paying. That is the the message here. Liberty, the Liberty Flames, are paying mid-level SEC salaries they're going to win football games everyone they're going to be a good program because they have the funds to attract low-level SEC salary coaches it it's nothing in the Mac can even come close to that salary I mean that's more than staffs make in the Mac like double what more than an entire staff makes at Liberty he's the one he's the coach one coach so they're playing with an unfair, you know, budget compared to everybody in the MAC, everybody in Conference USA, everybody in the Sun Belt. Nobody can match what Liberty's paying at that level. I mean, he's that guy's making more, and congratulations to Coach Shadwell, He's making more than most American coaches in the American and the Mountain West. You're you're basically getting a Power Five coach at a Group of Five school. So. That is the takeaway from this game, is yeah you're playing Liberty, but you're not literally playing a you're you're you know equal, because Liberty has way more money than Toledo, way more money than everybody in the MAC. Um, and if you want to get to that level of winning and competitiveness, somehow the MAC budgets are going to have to go up, because Liberty's guy is making four million dollars a year. That's more than everybody in the MAC by far. I mean, it's way more than everybody in the Mac. Um, so it's just a wake-up call, I think, to show the differences in the Mac schools and what a school like Liberty, who's brand new to the sport, is doing. The only thing that's you know similar to Liberty is in college basketball, Grand Canyon University, which is another private school in Phoenix. They operated as a for-profit school up until a couple years ago when they joined the WAC for basketball. Because the for-profit model looks bad on paper, so they dropped that technically for-profit model, like the University of Phoenix was on all those commercials. But technically, the University of Phoenix is still a for-profit. They just kind of restructured it, so it's they now they get a .edu as their in their name. But the way University uh, Grand Canyon University is, they're still a for-profit, uh, just not at the top. So they're kind of still making money the same way. They just changed the way they wrote, you know the 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 language um liberty is a i don't know if they're i don't think they were ever for profit as far as i know but i know they're making they're because they're a private school they have this these the funds so i wish max schools could be like liberty honestly <laughs> um but they're you know, unfortunately not even in the same ballpark as another group of five school which you know kind of depressing but that's a good game. That's the backstory of Liberty, in case you didn't know. Liberty has a ton of money, and nobody in the MAC does. Um, moving on to the next bowl game. Oh, I don't know who's going to win the game. It's a changeover for Liberty. It's hard to predict that one because it's a new coach. He probably isn't coaching that game. Um, but I'm going to go with Toledo because, hey, we'll just go with the MAC team there. Great bowl game, though, down in Boca Raton. Monday, December 26th, New Mexico State versus Bowling Green. This is another quirky game. Uh, New Mexico State technically didn't qualify for a bowl game this year. They they just beat Valparaiso handedly Saturday, but that game didn't count. They applied for a waiver with five wins to get into a bowl game because their game against San Jose State was canceled because somebody on the San Jose State team died. (coughs) San San Jose State did not want to make it up understandably just like the virginia tech situation they canceled all their games the rest of the year san jose state had to deal with that so they never never ended up making up the game so the aggies applied for a waiver to get into a bowl game they get into one and it's against Bowling. their reward for getting into a bowl game is to go to detroit to play bowling ring so um new mexico state is coached by former NIU and University of Minnesota coach Jerry Kill. So there's a slight Mac relation because he was the coach at NIU um, right before the Orange Bowl years. Um, both teams are 6-6. Six and six. It's very even. This could go either way. I don't see any fans from New Mexico State going to the game. It's Detroit the day after Christmas. Always a very tough sell unless you can drive to the game. Bowling Green can, so I expect them to have a much larger crowd. Um, So if there's any sort of plus, I'm going to go with Bowling Green because it's going to be a much larger crowd for them. Um, So I'm going to go with Bowling Green in that one. Um, Yeah, let's just go Bowling Green um, because I think they're going to win the game. Uh, December 27th, ESPN. Georgia Southern at Buffalo. Montgomery, Alabama. Buffalo almost gave this game away to UNLV. But they managed to save them. One more game, they get to go to Alabama the week after Christmas to play Georgia Southern. Nothing about what I saw from Buffalo the last month makes me think they're going to win the game. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern. Um, They're closer to Alabama. They'll have a bigger crowd. Uh, I believe they beat Nebraska at the beginning of the season. So I'm going Georgia Southern because I didn't like anything that Buffalo did to end the season for the final three weeks. Nothing. Uh, I mean, they shouldn't even be in this game. Honestly, if you watch the game Friday, they shouldn't even be in this game, but they're here. So I'm going to go with Georgia Southern. That one's on 11 a.m. ESPN, December 27th. Friday, December 30th, Ohio, for getting to the MAC championship game and losing, gets probably the worst bowl game of all of the bowl games, um, not location-wise, exposure-wise. They're playing the Wyoming Cowboys in Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona's, a nice, nice place to go in December. It's probably going to be 65 degrees. Um, this is at three thirty in the afternoon. So the sun will go down pretty quick. So it'll be cold there at night, but it's the Barstool Sports Bowl. It's not on TV, which means automatically this is going to get the smallest audience of any bowl game because it's not on TV. It literally, you have, it's only on the website. You've got to watch on your phone or watch on a computer or your guess if you have your TV, you can go to BarstoolSports.com. So your reward is you get to go to Arizona and you get to play Wyoming. um, But you also don't get to be on TV. So virtually no one's going to see this game. um, But you get a nice trip out of it. So um, congratulations to the Bobcats. This is your chance to get a 10th win, which is a big deal. Um, I'm not sure crowd size. Wyoming's not really close to Arizona. Ohio's definitely not close to Arizona. It's expensive to go there that week. I don't know who will have a bigger fan base. But it's going to be a good trip for the Bobcats to test themselves against Craig Bull and the Wyoming Cowboys. I don't know who's going to win. Um, Ohio's still going with a backup quarterback. We'll have to, see. have to see what happens in that one. But it's a great bowl game. It's just a terrible exposure-wise. It's the worst bowl game you can get because it's not on TV. And that kind of sucks. So that is your bowl preview. Um, All the other ones are easy to watch except for um, Ohio's game. But if you're really motivated to watch it, BarstoolSports.com has it. the Mac's got to win some of these bowl games. It is crucial that they win some of these bowl games this year because they don't have very many non-conference wins. Um, they have two and both over bad teams in no- Northwestern and Arizona State. So let's hope that the Mac can pull off a couple big wins here. Um, pull off all wins, actually. Go 6-0. and uh, That'd be great. You could, You actually get a bowl trophy, too. espn Um, enjoy the games um i have the mac uh, national signing day is coming up i don't know um i think it's i think it's tomorrow or next tuesday honestly but maybe we'll try to do a a recruiting recap and if any and if there's any other transfer news um before the bowl games uh, if there's any like a big transfer news or if any more people add themselves to the portal, maybe we can throw that in there and do a recruiting wrap up of who had the best classes in the Mac. Um, Most of the Mac schools are going to have the early signing window. Like there's two windows to sign. Um, Most of the Mac guys are going to all, all the schools basically will get the first group. The second group is for five star or four star players who haven't made up their mind yet. Um, None of those guys are going to max schools, so they can all roughly sign on National Signing Day. Um, So that's something to look forward to. Enjoy the bowl games. Uh, If your team gets a bunch of transfers, um, don't worry about it, I guess, because you'll get a few guys coming in as well as a few guys leaving, hopefully. Uh, Have a great Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. And we'll try to get a bowl or a recruiting recap if we have some transfer portals to do as well. So if there's a bunch of player news, I'll definitely update it and throw everything together. Assuming we get a bunch of transfers. Because today is the first day of the transfer portal. Um, so I don't know if the transfer portal is going to add a few more, a lot more people after today. Uh, we'll see. Um, but as of now, there are, there are some Mac guys in the portal. Um, the most from NIU, it looks like. Um, but everybody else is going to have a couple. So have a great week, everybody. I The first bowl game starts next Friday, too. So they're going to – we only have a week off of college football before it restarts again next week. Have a great week, everyone, and I will see you back uh, on the next Maction. Thank you for listening to Believe.